Had it for a shot off the post, rebound, score! Paul Cotter follows the puck off the iron, puts it into the goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Broken up from behind, intended for Milano. Two on one for Vegas. Marcia so on the left. Will Smith got it to him. He scores! Nicholas Wong! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace out at Parkway Tavern, Volunteer Road. Darren Millard, Studio 31. Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the Woo! dozen games to go, and it is set up for a really interesting wild run down the stretch drive in the National Hockey League season with this battle with Los Angeles for first place in the Pacific and top spot in the Western Conference, and then the battle for position at the bottom of the Western Conference playoff scene where we don't know who's going to get in or what order they're going to uh, arrive at the end of 82 games. So we'll dive into that, plus tonight's game against the Vancouver Canucks. A couple of different stats that uh, do point to a positive result uh, for Vegas. I'm on the fence about passing those on because Mm -hmm. readers really sour uh, when I do bring those up and then the result doesn't go in Vegas' favor. So I'm weighing those options, uh, whether to bring people the information at the risk of Rita being mad or to give in to Rita and not passing along what I current term are relevant and interesting uh, statistics. So we also have our one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, and talk of the salary cap. I know it's not the most exciting discussion point, but it could make a difference to somebody like the Vegas Golden Knights who operate so close to the upper limit. Uh, We'll give you an idea on where that is headed, plus a transaction by the Colorado Avalanche. But uh, Vancouver against Vegas, Mm -hmm. and the last time Vegas faced the Vancouver Canucks, it's like four months ago. It's like a a totally different team. Vancouver was suffering through the chaos of the coaching situation with Bruce Boudreau uh, at that point and have suffered through the only midseason coaching change of the year uh, so far. Uh, they're playing much better with more structure under Rick Tockett and I think part of that, uh, as much as I love Rick, uh, part of uh, the increased performance from Vancouver does have a lot to do with just uh, quelling all the distractions in and around uh, the Bruce Boudreaux watch and, and what's happened. And they've got Thatcher Demko back in the yeah. lineup and he's been uh, he's been really good. And so he will go again tonight. I think he's won six of his eight decisions, if memory serves correctly, since he returned from that uh, that long absence midseason. So uh, this is first against sixth in the in the Pacific Division, but lately Vancouver's playing just as well as anybody else in the National Hockey League. Yeah, I would caution people to not think the Vancouver Canucks are essentially what their record indicates that they are. They are 13-8 and 2 since Rick Tockett has taken over as you mentioned Thatcher Demko is 6 and 2 since returning from injury and has looked every bit the goaltender that we expected Thatcher Demko to be. So uh, this is not necessarily going to be an easy task for the Golden Knights going into Vancouver uh, and playing against a team that uh, has, you know, has some pride and then they're playing better of late. Vancouver is 8 and 2 in their last 10. 
You know who else is 8-2 and two in the last 10? That would be the Vegas Golden Knights. Exactly. Yeah. So we consider Vegas to be right on top of their game right now, have been lights out since the All-Star break at 14-3-2. and two. And Vancouver, for the back end of that stretch, is is really good. And they've got uh, Elias Peterson uh, going well, and Pedersen is, is having a career year. He's going to approach 100 points. Uh, so that, that's, uh, that side of, uh, of Vancouver is playing much better. And, yeah, just, uh, just trying to impress their coach and getting a little more uh, just uh, discipline in their game. Now, not from taking penalties, but discipline in structure and being uh, more consistent uh, what they're able to do from period to period, uh, uh, game to game. And we've certainly uh, witnessed that. But but Vegas, you, you can't discount what, what they've done. Bounce back in, in an important game, not against a big opponent, Sunday against Columbus, uh, arguably uh, the worst team in the National Hockey League, and there's a couple of teams that, that are in the running for there. But uh, that that's an organization that, that didn't offer a National Hockey League roster mm-hmm. on Sunday. But yeah. it, that doesn't take away from the fact that they scored the seven goals, that they got a couple of goals in the power play, that they uh, got some really good, strong performances from a couple of individuals that uh, I think uh, one needed it in, in Paul Cotter and scoring a goal and being right there uh, for that one. Uh, the setup by Chandler Stevenson, we didn't talk about that yesterday, but that rush started in his own zone. He took it back into uh, his territory and wheeled it up and then did one of those uh, Carolina to California coast-to-coast rushes and circle behind the net and that speed threw Michael Hutchison off and that led to the open net and in front for Paul Cotter so two guys gaining some confidence from what you consider to be a bit of garbage time in that but uh, mentally that sticks with you so I thought that was uh, really important three of the four lines uh, found the net and uh, when you factor in the blue line also scoring eight points uh, from from top to bottom really key bounce back game from the loss against Calgary and gives you uh, another opportunity to go out on the road and and reel things in so I think there's a there's a strong string of positives that Vegas can take into what is a really crucial three-game road trip the five-gamer earlier this season that they ran the table boy was that uh, exciting they went four and one in their most recent road trip winning the last four that's exceptional but this next three-game road trip uh, against vancouver playing their best hockey of the year calgary trying to get in and we know what calgary did to vegas last week and then edmonton rallying and they are wide open and uh, just uh, absolutely pawn hockey but they find ways to win and they are uh, piling up points and they're making a, a real push for first overall so th- this next three game not that uh, that anything after it is is easy but it can it can spin you one direction or the other with uh, with this road trip through western canada yeah, you're, you're right on the money. I mean, this is not necessarily uh, an easy road trip, even though you look at Vancouver where they're at in the standings, you, you look at this and you want to win. Um, it, it's a team that's playing better, and then you've got to go into Calgary based on uh, what we saw from the Flames last week. That's going to be a, a, you would imagine, a, a highly motivated Vegas Golden Knights team going into Calgary, understanding where the Flames are in the standings, and 
you want to kind of dash their hopes and, and exact a bit of revenge from last week. Uh, and then you've got a home-and-home home with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, certainly you look at the, the game in Edmonton, but then you've got to come right back at home and take on the Oilers again too. Uh, when you look at where things are right now bunched up at the top of the Pacific Division, you can't really afford to leave points on the table unless there's a bit of separation. And, and right now there's just no separation for the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, you got the standings in front of you. You look at them every day. Mm-hmm. Vegas goes into action tonight, tied for first place with Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. This is the game in hand in Los Angeles. And so you can have that two-point cushion that you've been able to maintain. Uh, mm-hmm. Despite uh, all the great run that uh, Vegas has been on, Los Angeles has been able to, to basically keep pace. But they've never been able to pass Vegas since the All-Star break, since Vegas uh, started heading in the right direction. Uh, just as importantly, though, uh, you, you put a little bit more separation, if you win tonight, between uh, Vegas and Edmonton which is really dialing it up. All three wins now, uh, all three teams, sorry, uh, now into the 40-win category in that Pacific Division. And uh, the the Central can't say that uh, uh, right now. So of the two divisions in the Western Conference, the Pacific Division has a higher top end going yeah. right now. So they, they're, there's four points between uh, the two teams in first and second place. Uh-huh. That's not very much considering that Vegas plays Los Angeles one more time, and they do have those two games uh, the end of this week on Saturday and then uh, back home on, on Tuesday uh, against the uh, the Edmonton Oilers. That's that's very small margin uh, to work with for Vegas, and you can see uh, where uh, regulation wins can make a big difference uh, as opposed to the three-point games. And you can also see where things uh, are going to tighten up a little bit. We'll see. Uh, I'm curious to see the response from Vegas where we're into crunch time and now we're into the to the Pacific Division. And that's the division that Vegas has struggled with the most this season compared to the Atlantic and the Metro and the Central Division. With this final stretch drive of eight games against the uh, Pacific of the 12, you're going to have to find ways to win. And I'm on record saying they are going to have to win 10 of 12 to secure first place in the in the Pacific Division. They got to turn the corner uh, on, on play inside their division starting tonight. Yeah, I, and the more I sit and think about it, I, I know I was on record as saying eight out of eight out of the next twelve. I, I still kind of feel that makes sense to me. But then you kind of look at what each of these teams have been able to do over their last ten games. Yeah, the Golden Knights eight two and zero, the Edmonton Oilers eight two and zero, the Los Angeles Kings eight zero and two, like. All three of those teams have won eight out of their last ten, and the Kings have points in all ten. So you've got three teams that are just operating at another level right now at the top of the Pacific Division. So as much as it pains me, Darren, you might be right. Like in order for this to be secured from the Golden Knights, you're, you might be looking at ten out of out of twelve for well, sure. I, to, to lock I hope they out. don't need ten wins. Yeah, I I hope it's less than that, and they can have a couple of games to massage their roster or do some uh, load management uh, specific uh, focus uh, in the last couple of games. I do uh, wish them that opportunity. But the three hottest teams in the last 10 games in the National Hockey League all come from the Pacific Division and are the top three teams inside the Pacific Division with Vegas, 
Los Angeles and Edmonton. Nobody's giving an inch. Last night's game, Edmonton and San Jose was back and forth. The, the Sharks had a couple of leads in, in that game, uh, weren't able to hold on, and somehow, some way, Edmonton at the very end pulls out a tire and then wins the, the, the two points. San Jose looked like they were going to be able to pull it out, and, and they didn't. And, and Edmonton plays this game of, uh, of Lucy Goose, but they also play this game of finding ways to, to bring up points. It's not the prettiest when you call uh, structure and uh, discipline with the, with the puck and, and making sure the other team doesn't get great opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they are a team that could be vulnerable in the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but they have the two best players and they're feeling mm-hmm. good about themselves right now, and that will be a very interesting to see what happens. And, and Los Angeles, they're just a deep team. So this this is a great playoff for a for a division that was maligned coming into the year, yeah. and we heard all about it from across the the National Hockey League, with the different media discussing things uh, with with the Pacific Division. It's turned into a really interesting race uh, between uh, three teams right now and Seattle, if they can get going uh, at all, uh, to uh, to to try and lock down a home ice position in in this division. Yeah, you're you're right on the money. I think the Pacific Division has has maybe undergone a a change over the course of this season, and right now with the Oilers playing well, and Connor McDavid at 136 points with with still 11 games to go, um, Leon Drysaddle over 100 points. Like that's a team that you know at some point they're going to have to tighten things up defensively. But then again. They've got those two players, and those two players are so dynamic, and they can break a game wide open that, you know what, you can take your chances in a 5-4 um, wide open type of game and, and, and feel pretty good about your, your ability to come out on the other side. As far as Los Angeles go, they, they double down on defense, and, and they, they, they're they getting the results right now, and it's going to be real tight. Um, I, I'm interested to see how things shake out over the final 12 to 11 games for the teams remaining. And, you know, the, the Pacific Division is, is rounding into form as a really tough division in the National Hockey League. Maybe doesn't have, you know, quite the, the, the high end that you see out of the Atlantic. Obviously, the Bruins are doing historic things this season. Uh, but there's a lot of teams right now, I think, in the Pacific Division that you can see going on a run come playoff time. Let's, let's size the, these three teams up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll slide over there and we'll we'll talk about the game against the Canucks in a lot more detail. And you hear from Bruce Cassidy in, in just a little bit. Uh, tell me what what do you think the headliner is the the team uh, image is for each of these three squads: Vegas, Los Angeles, and Edmonton. Um, I think for the Golden Knights, it's it's. Good, solid team defense, right? Like that's their identity. They they don't they don't give up much. They don't allow much, and they've got depth and high end skill. Like they're a, they're a complete team. They're a well rounded, top to bottom hockey team. The the Los Angeles Kings, I would kind of view in the same way. I think they're really really deep. Um, you know, with with some of the players that they have, I think that you can make the argument for high-end skill, and, and certainly you got Andre Kopitar um, having a great year once again. You know what he can do on the defensive side of the puck too. Like 
they're just a really good defensive, well-rounded team as well. And then the Edmonton Oilers are run and gun and have two of the best players in the world, if not the two best players in the world. So um, leaky defensively, goaltending questions, but the Edmonton Oilers have proven at, at many times that they can outscore their problems. I, I feel like Los Angeles is a bit of a, a hybrid, and that's no disrespect to, to their defensive prowess because between Anzic Kopitar uh, and uh, Phil Deneau, uh, being able to play on the, on the right side of the puck is a big part of, of that team's DNA. But they can, they can put up points, and they can score goals. Uh, Kevin Fiala has been really good for them, uh, joining them this year, and has jumped out and, and is threatening to lead the team in points, which has belonged to Anzi Kopitar for uh, like 13 of the last 14 years, basically, uh, with that team. Uh, Adrian Kempe has been great uh, with that team. They they can they can score goals. They have uh, three players, as I look at it right now, three players who have more points than the Golden Knights' top point producer which right now belongs to Jack Eichel and Chandler Stevenson. I think part of Los Angeles and all the talk about how well they play in their own zone uh, covers up the fact that they can skill, still get up and down the ice a, a lot. Uh, Vegas is not as, as defensive as they are played out to be, but they do have that great foundation. Uh, with the the top six on the blue line and able to lean on that. And we know what the difference the record is with that top six and without that top six. And they are instrumental. But they've got a game breaker, which uh, Vegas has never had before in a Stanley Cup playoff series in, in Jack Eichel. So they that's a different wrinkle uh, for Vegas going into this postseason than they've ever had before in their four other uh, Stanley Cup playoff uh, appearances. Uh, the question will be with with both Vegas, mm -hmm. Los Angeles, and the high-powered Edmonton Oilers, they have one, as, as much as they're different in, in how they're constructed, they have one commonality, and that is what happens in goal. Now, the most experienced person among all three mm -hmm. is a Hall of Famer from the Los Angeles Kings yeah. who plays for Vegas right? and has a major league chip on his shoulder. We don't know whether he's even going to start the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, the alternative is a couple of guys in Laurent Brassois, Aiden Hill, and Logan Thompson. Hill's not skating right now. Thompson and Brassois haven't started Stanley Cup playoff games uh, before. So there's a bit of unknown in that. Well, not a bit. There's a big unknown in that. Los Angeles, without Jonathan Quick, has Phoenix Copley and Corpus Allo. Mm -hmm. well, well, Phoenix Copley hasn't, hasn't started in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, he's he's outpaced uh, himself uh, this year just with his National Hockey League experience in what he's been able to do. So how does he react? And perhaps the biggest of all, because they don't have the structure defensively that Los Angeles and Vegas certainly have, that system uh, to lean on, is the Edmonton Oilers. And who knows what's going to happen uh, with Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell. Uh, I watch them every night, and I want to buy in. I, I do like Skinner. I think there's real potential there. I worry about Jack Campbell. 
uh, and uh, and his game and being able to lean on on things uh, within his game to get him through things. Like last night was was not a great night uh, for Jack Hamill. I don't know whether there's anything that he could have done necessarily about uh, facing uh, Eric Carlson and a couple of the goals that Eric Carlson scored last night. Uh, that 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 wouldn't be fair to Jack Hamill, but he didn't come up with the saves. And that game was one that they were outplaying the opposition really badly, and you end up having to rally to, to score goals. So uh, the, they all three of them have question marks in goal. Who starts for Vegas? We don't know. Uh-huh. Who plays for L.A.? We know that, but how is he going to react on top of playing uh, his first full well, season? And it's not even a full season in the National hold, Hockey League. And then on. Edmonton with Skinner and, and Campbell – uh, how short is the lease between those two? So you don't believe that Jonas Corposalo is going to start the playoffs for the Los Angeles Kings? No. Nope. You don't? No, I don't. Do you? Kind of. Kind yeah. of isn't really an answer. No, I, I think I think that when all said and done, Jonas Corposalo is going to be the guy. I do. Uh, that, that, that would be news to me. Absolute uh, news to me. Uh, given uh, what, what Phoenix Copley ha- ha- has done. So... Uh, I think it's a great upgrade. What they did at the trade deadline in bringing in somebody that's more on top of their game and has more potential, uh, I think I, I, I like what they did to address it. Uh, but I also love what Vegas did in acquiring Jonathan Quick in the roundabout way. And I've, I've told you guys this. The way that the Quick deal went down by being traded to Columbus mm. first – made it all work for Vegas because the Golden Knights got to come in and be the savior for Jonathan Quick. Bring him to a playoff team. If he goes straight from L.A. to Vegas, it doesn't work. He's going to a rival, and he's got to deal with the hurt of being traded. Mm-hmm. Instead, when they're the, the third team involved in it, they save him from uh, the purgatory of being out of the playoff race and finishing out potentially his career uh, in Columbus on a non-playoff team, and they give him some inspiration, motivation to run. So I, the, the way it's worked for both Vegas and L.A. I think is, is positive. But I, I do believe, well, quick, uh, I don't know whether he's going to start in, in Vegas for the playoffs. I think it's Copley's net to begin. Now, what happens down the stretch in these final 12 games? Who knows? Elvis, uh, or sorry, Eunice Corpusalo is there to, to push mm-hmm. Copley. If he's better going in, I don't have uh, much doubt that Todd McClellan would make that difficult choice. It's not like Copley's got 12 years of service. And we know what 16 years of service meant to the LA Kings. They traded they traded John the Quick without having a face-to-face call with him. He didn't know he was going to be traded. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that they're going to hold a uh, high uh, stock in, in Phoenix Copley playing a majority of the games this year just because he's been their guy and really saved their season. Uh, if he's not playing as well as the other guy, maybe he'll go in. But I, I think it'll be Copley if uh, if they're even anywhere close to even. Yeah, I there's there's something about it. I, I don't know. What makes you say that? I'm curious. I, because I think Jonas Corposalo is a better goalie. I think they went out and they got a better goalie. And the hope down the stretch is that Jonas Corposalo will outplay Phoenix Copley. At least you know that he's got playoff experience. You know you can rely on it. And if he's the better guy, 
then you don't really have any allegiances. The, the guy that you had allegiances to, you traded away. Well, I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not trying to start a, an argument here. Mm-hmm. I'm more trying to go down the path of, like, who, who are you talking to and what basis do you, do you put into Corpusalo being the better goaltender than Phoenix Copley? I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious about what the, the foundation is on that. I just think he's a better goalie. Okay. He, he, he's been in the league. I just think top to bottom, push comes to shove, he's a better goalie. That's Be, my own personal opinion on it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, that, uh, that surprises me. Uh, I think he's, he's an upgrade. I think it's, it's, it's good to, to be pushed. Um, I'll be, uh, again, surprised if it works out any other way than, than Copley. But it's, I think it was good on the organization, imperative on the organization to get some insurance in goal with that. I, I did think the insurance would be a third guy. Uh, I didn't anticipate the quick uh, transaction actually occurring, and and especially because Quick was playing a little bit better right before he was traded, and then was was carrying that over uh, to uh, to the, his time with 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 the Vegas Golden Knights. But um, and I, I'm a Corpusella fan. I was I was beating the drum that uh, that he would be one of those guys available and potentially looked at by the by the Vegas Golden Knights when the injuries happened uh, as a guy, but. Uh, as insurance to back it up, I was never looking at Corpusalo as a guy to come in anywhere really and take over the reins. He just has not had that uh, that type of um, uh, level of dependency uh, with him. There's there's been times and good stretches, and I, I love what he's done. And since December, he's been he's been really good in, in the National Hockey League. Who, uh, who do you think has an advantage, or does anybody have an advantage down this this final dozen games? Um, I I don't know that anybody does. I mean, you you know, you got the Golden Knights; they've got games uh, still two left with the Edmonton Oilers. So the Edmonton Oilers have two left with the Vegas Golden Knights, one against LA. Um, I I don't know that anyone's got a clear cut advantage here. I, I think that you know, for the Golden Knights, the the advantage that they have right now is that they are top in the they're tops in the division like if they take care of their own business then it doesn't really matter what the other teams do because of where they're at and what they've been able to to kind of where they've been able to put themselves right now with 12 games left to play but you know again one bad week and all of a sudden you're you're chasing it and i think that's going to be the the really interesting thing is which of these three teams can go through the remainder of the season without having a down week. That's going to be the big question. Are you able to handicap it at all? No, I, I don't think so. Like, I, I mean, it, like, I'm, I'm looking at it with a percentage. And and Vegas, if they win tonight, everybody mm-hmm. will have uh, 12, uh, 12 games left, right? 11, 11. games left. After mm-hmm. tonight, yep. 11 games left. All right. So let's, if after tonight, it's it's either tied or Vegas has a two point lead. Let me tell you, I would put it at Vegas thirty nine percent to hold on and win the division. Uh, Los Angeles probably twenty five percent chance to win the division, and then you've got thirty percent for Edmonton. Does that does that work? Does that math work? Uh, the way I laid it out there, 
Give me the numbers one more time. 30. For, 40% for, let's go 40%, make it easier. Okay. 40% okay. for Vegas, 35% uh, for uh, Los Angeles. So you're 75, so 25% for for Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Like that, that feels right. But I almost wonder if Edmonton deserves more attention here because <laughs> of who they have going sure. and who they have feeling confident right now in McDavid and Dreisaitl. And uh, like Warren Fogel is, is a guy that just seems to come up with goals for them. And I, I throw his name up because it's a name that I love saying. Warren Fogel. Uh, comes up with sure. with with goals, yeah. but they've they've got more depth. Zach Hyman uh, there. I, I don't know whether they can keep the puck out of their their net to to save anything, but if they can score seven and the other team only scores six, then then good on them. And I don't doubt uh, that they can score seven uh, on on a lot of nights. But the forty to thirty five to twenty five, that's where I have it right now, and I I feel pretty confident in that. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to determine if I feel like Edmonton and L.A. are closer than a 10% gap. Um, Four points between I, them, I, right? Yeah, yeah, and I just don't know that that's the case. And and because yeah, I believe fair. Edmonton is too volatile, right? Like, if if McDavid and Dreisaitl are going and they're able to score enough, then then yeah, absolutely. But there's always that question of, well, what happens if they they don't what happens if they can't produce for a game or two what happens if the goaltending is just absolutely horrendous um then you you kind of see the separation between la and and edmonton and you know i think for the golden knights they've earned the benefit of the doubt to be the team that that has the best odds to to walk away with the division title because they've been there at the top of the division all season long it just feels right that they will be able to see it through over the final 12 games are we in agreement here that edmonton has the easiest schedule of the three teams yeah Marginally, I, I don't think that when you get down to this, that it's it's really much easier. Even if you're playing teams out of the playoffs or teams on, on the bubble, uh, the home and home with Vegas makes it automatically harder, just because of of the the stakes that are uh, available. But here's they also have two games with LA too. Though, after all this conversation, whether or not Vegas needs ten wins. Whether or not L.A. needs 11 wins uh, or, or 10 uh, of the next 11, that, that's up there with what they might have to do. Look at it differently. Look at it, Turn the telescope around. Who's the team that's most likely to fall off the rails? And you might get a different answer or at the very least, a clearer answer to the question. And I think it's Edmonton that could is most likely to have a reversal of fortune. L.A.'s been really consistent. And Vegas, we know what they've done since the All-Star break. Now they're healthy and and with a lot more structure and scoring goals. Doesn't matter who's in, in goal. So this whole idea of having to find a goaltender in the final 12 games is made easier knowing that they've had five different goaltenders play since the All-Star break and, and been good. So when you turn the telescope around or the binoculars around, and we've all done it, right, Chapman? We've all looked through the big end. 
Yes. Yes. I, I, I normally look through the big end. <laughs> Everybody has, has flipped those around just for whether you were eight years old or you're 40 years Wait, old. Wait, so you're telling me I've been looking through the wrong end for 40 years? No, no, years? I'm just saying okay. you, you do it as a, as a joke. You, you, so you, you turn it around. It, are we in agreement that Edmonton's the most likely? And if, if so, who's next? Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you that it's the Edmonton Oilers. And, again, it goes back to everything that we've talked about. They are just volatile. You, you just don't really know what you're going to get with the Oilers. Um, who's next? I, I don't even know. Like, I, I cannot pick between Vegas and Los Angeles because both teams have been really consistent over the last six weeks. And it's, there hasn't been a fall-off yet from either side. And I... I just believe right now that as things are constructed, the Golden Knights and the Los Angeles Kings are the two best teams in the Pacific Division and right now the two best teams in the Western Conference. You know, I I look at L.A. and I think that their season is made or broken starting on next Tuesday where they have that the four out of five games or five out of six games on the road and then Edmonton at home in the middle of all that. That's that's like the gauntlet for them. But you're, you're focusing in. We're talking big picture here, final 12, final 11 games. I, I think Vegas has proven to be, you know, since the All-Star break, the most consistent team. Well, they're the exact same as, as L.A. Virtually the same. <laughs> Virtually, like, statistically identical. I, so we're, we're, but, but the point is, you turn the binoculars around, and a three-team race becomes a two-team race. The most volatile team, using Ryan's word, is Edmonton. And that's why you're, when you're left with two, Vegas has the two-point advantage with, uh, with, with the game in hand if they win that game tonight. That gives you the leader position where you're, you're not playing catch-up. And you win your game, you're good. That's why tonight is so important against a non-playoff team. They're playing great, Vancouver but it's a non-playoff team. you got to win these games. We'll get more into the head-to-head matchup tonight between first against sixth in the Pacific Division plus one-timers news notes from around the National Hockey League as we continue looking through the right end of the binoculars and focused uh, right in on a key stretch drive for the Vegas Golden Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Back at Studio 31, loving it as we're home for the television coverage uh, on the uh, Vegas Golden Knights side. And we come to you from Studio 31. And where are you, Ryan Wallace? Oh, I'm out at uh, Parkway Tavern on Volunteer Road. It's right across the street from the M Resort and casino uh, i'll be here all night that's right i'll be here uh, until pregame and then i'll preempt myself for pregame intermission postgame uh, so i'm going to be hanging out all night long here happy hour goes till six o'clock 50 percent off apps and pizza two dollars off beer wine and cocktails so get down here take advantage of happy hour and get yourself ready to go for vegas and vancouver go say hi to ryan uh, the reason why i ask because one, uh, it's always nice to check in with uh, what your setup is. Number mm-hmm. two, the tunes are really good in the background, and yep. we're the entire first segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the the bangers are, are certainly uh, in in good rotation out here, Darren. Is it a uh, DJ? Quite a, huh, what's that? Is it a DJ or no, no, just uh, just uh, the the house music, but it's. 
good. It's been good. Uh, usually music has been fantastic every time I'm out and about uh, in, in the Valley, and you know tonight's no different. It's been fantastic, and uh, it's only getting better. It's the one thing that Chapman pays attention to. Well, Everywhere I, we go, whether it's at T-Mobile Arena yeah. or the rotation of, uh, of great sponsors that we have with the VGK Insider Show, Chapman yeah. always jumps on from uh, the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and says, loving the music tonight, or I like yeah. I heard that. Yeah, song they were or, just playing the kinks in the no, background. No, that, that's the only thing you really do pay attention <laughs> to in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I, the yeah, hockey content is way down 30% <laughs> level compared to the background music that you're listening to. I I am a big, big music guy. I love it all. And when I hear something that I really like, I, I, I definitely take notice. I, I, I'm in tune with the hockey stuff too, but music is music is very, I'm a very passionate person when it comes to the music. You didn't mention anything uh, about the first segment. I just, what do you and mean then, I didn't? I, the, I, the first thing we say going to break is not about yeah. the great conversation that we had, the deep discussion about uh, potential advantages between the big three in the Pacific. It was about the tunes in the background. No, I, I, I popped on and, and, and talked about the schedules and, and which which team has the, the... No, we talked about that on the air, but when we went to break, oh, the only thing you wanted to talk about was, was the, the music. Well, yeah. you know, I, I feel like may, yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like those five minutes are an opportunity for you two guys to decompress a little bit. You don't even know. What does that mean, Chapman? Yeah. I don't well, even know what that means. Decompress, you know, not not allow ha- have an opportunity to let the hockey out of your system for five minutes. Yeah, take a deep breath. Uh, so uh, here's a, here's a, uh, give me give me some story time. Okay. <laughs> okay, I got your story time. It's story time with Millard. So back in my previous life in, in Sportsnet. We would uh, we would have some uh, some longer days, whether it's a trade deadline or a playoff preview, and then you go into a game. So you do some special programming, uh, World Cup uh, tee ups, and then you go in and you do a broadcast that night, and you'd have to turn the page really quickly. And it's it's stressful. It's uh, you're doing national television. There's uh, bosses are are really uh, paying attention to it uh, big time, and it can grate on you a little bit. So we're doing this one, one show one day, and it's uh, Doug McLean and Nick Kiprios, a former uh, National Hockey League GM and coach in McLean and president, and Kiprios who won a Stanley Cup with the New York Rangers, and they're they're big personalities. But but Kipper, uh, he's he's at times has a little trouble just focusing, keeping the the attention. Like he, he, not once in 20 years did he ever bring a pen to a meeting or anything. So he's, he's a unique personality. Mm. We, we, mm. we do this uh, uh, big preview, playoff preview, this two-hour extravaganza. And then we've got to turn around. We've got about 15 minutes before we go back on the air for a, for a national telecast that night. And the producer comes up. He wants to run through the lineup. And we're, we're all trying to turn our, the page and get ready. And Kipper looks at all of us and says, guys, I just need five minutes to decompose. Okay? And we, we stop. We're like, what? I just, I, give me five minutes to decompose. Oh, boy. And he was trying to say decompress. But, but there's, there's, there's a bunch of kipperisms over the years, but that was one of the best ones ever. I need five minutes to decompose. Yeah, I don't, and, and I don't think I'm that's right really what you want. 
<laughs> don't that's think a, you really want to that's decompose. A, that's a <laughs> no. significantly longer process. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, he, he had the <laughs> let lying dogs lie. Uh, two peas in a pot was one of his, his best ones. Two peas in a pot was fabulous. Uh, uh, one was a, that, guy's, uh, that guy's in such a slump, he's going to jump over a bridge. Uh, I'm like, what the heck? Are you yeah, explain doing? that one. Yeah, well, you know what he's trying to say, but he wasn't really saying it the, yeah. the, the right way. Uh, he's gonna jump, that guy's in such a slump, he's going to jump over a bridge. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, uh, he's, a, he's a superhero yeah, all of a sudden. Exactly. Uh, so that's that. That was one of the best ones. When you when you brought up decompress, it, it took me back to camp. Yeah. I need five minutes yeah. decompose. And then, then I'm yep. right back uh, with you. And and that's what we're going to do. We're going to take five minutes right now, and we're going to come back. We're going to tee up hour number two. want to get to Bruce Cassidy <laughs> from today in Vancouver. The Golden Knights had a, a morning skate roster update for you uh, regarding tonight's game that I want to make sure that you're aware of going into uh, this evening's contest. Uh, we're back at Studio 31 tonight, Darren Elliott and I. First time we've been here in three and a half months. We're excited about that TV side. And Ryan Wallace uh, uh, out there working the deal. Uh, with the background music uh, making it happen uh, as well on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wall. Get a bunch of action already underway. Leafs and the Islanders goalless early on in the first period there. The Philadelphia Flyers and the Florida Panthers are tied up. Florida needs that win like they need every other point down the uh, the stretch. Rangers lead the Hurricanes. That's an interesting game. Potential playoff preview involving the current Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers. We know what happened uh, a year ago. You guys worried about the Tampa Bay Lightning? They're trailing Montreal 2 nothing, but uh, have been up and down since the trade deadline. Um, am I worried about the Tampa Bay Lightning? No, I am not because the Tampa Bay Lightning will be playing the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round, and we all know what that means. Outside of that? No, I'm not I'm not worried about Tampa. Like, Listen, it, this is a team that ha- over the last three years has been able to turn it on when it's mattered most. They are going to get the benefit of the doubt from me until they're eliminated from the playoffs again. And just because they've been up and down, I think that there's enough understanding of what you've got to do to get through 82 games, what you've got to do to get yourself to a point where you feel good about where you're at going into the playoffs. And even if you're not completely there, that is a team that I do believe can flip a switch and just be as good as they need to. So, no, I I don't worry about Tampa. Five wins in their last ten. You know what's surprising about that? Hmm. Five wins in their last ten, and they're only three points out of home ice position in the Atlantic yeah. Division. Yeah. That yeah, surprises I... me when, when I look at that. Now, I think Tampa. Tampa's in a really good spot, more so than anybody else. And I'll throw Boston to that mix. Because Tampa's been there, done that, that core uh, the last uh, few years, Boston, of course, uh, won it in uh, the Eastern Conference in 2019 and got to a Stanley Cup final in that regard. But there's questions that are going to dog that team, extra pressure because they've had such a remarkable regular season. I think Tampa Bay has the just ability to, to sit back and play possum a little bit down the stretch. Not intentionally, but 
sort of sucker everybody else into wondering, asking the same question that I just did. Yeah, I, I think that that's probably an element to it. I mean, the Lightning have been able to do it in, in so many different spots. Like, I don't think that it bothers them all that much if they finish third in the division and have to start on the road. I don't think they're bothered by that. I think that the, the expectation level for Tampa is still high, and you still understand that, that this is a team that can do some damage. But, you know, you're you're right on the money in that if, if they're able to kind of convince certain people or certain teams that, that there might be some issue with them, I believe they can turn it on. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of ter- there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Toronto Maple Leafs over the course of a seven game series, especially if they have home ice. They've got to find a way. They've got to get it done. And I think that plays right into the hands of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, and to the same extent, if Boston's able to get out of the first round and, and they're in a situation where they take on Tampa Bay in round number two, You've got a historic season on the line against a team that all they do is win when it matters most. So um, in a weird way, the pressure's off Tampa a little bit, and and they'll be able to use that to their advantage. Game 7 is the obvious carrot for getting home ice advantage in a series between Tampa Bay and Toronto. But I think there's an advantage for Tampa Bay to open on the road against Toronto if Toronto gets that home ice advantage. If they were able to win game one or game earn a split in that series yeah. and put some doubt, boy, oh boy, would that be intriguing. The focus is always on the end with home ice advantage, but the beginning, being able to go in and steal one, uh, home ice might not be the best thing uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Opening on the road, less pressure, maybe a, a little bit more of an advantage. Uh, we'll flip back to the Western Conference, uh, Vancouver and Vegas ready to go we'll tee it up hour number two the vgk insider show coming up on fox sports las vegas